We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer down at Rexall Place. The Oilers practicing uh, today and sticking with the same lines that they finished the game last night with, which means that Leon Drysettle and Taylor Hall uh, were broken up. Uh, suffice to say, I think we're going to continue to see uh, one Benoit Pouliot play with Connor McDavid and Jordan Everly. We go Everly. Wow, I did a Ralph Kruger there. Uh, let's go to our headliner presented by ATB Financial, ATB Alberta's home ice advantage from NHL Hockey on Rogers, our regular Friday contributor, Elliot Friedman. Hi, Elliot. How you doing? Hey. How you doing, Mr. Stoffer? Good? You think I'm good? I'm pretty good, yeah. Yeah, why not? That was fun last night. Oh, I mean, it was, I mean, it's just, it's fantastic theater. It's fantastic television. I mean, uh, it's must watch. I mean, I, I don't know how how anybody could not, like, you don't even have to like hockey. You just have to like sports. It's fun to watch. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you go 30th, 30th, 29th, 24th, 28th, 28th, you know, the fan base gets a little bit bitter and crusty. And, and yeah. uh, you know, we, uh, we played, uh, a requiem for a dream to open the show with a backdrop of the goals being scored and as a bet and you know it's it's it is fun and it is must see tv and it, it is uh you know office copier discussion right it's it's that sort of thing did you see mcdavid last night and yeah the leafs dressed a you know a skeleton who cares right, you nailed it you nailed it. You know, like, do you think that any, like, and again, I'm not making a comparison between Connor McDavid and, and, and Michael Jordan, but do you think that people care that Michael Jordan was scoring 50 points if it was against, like, the Clippers when they were the Clippers? Nobody cared. You just wanted to see the best player do his magic. So I, I don't, like, people can talk about, you know, how the lineup the Lee's ice last night. The thing that I loved about Jordan, and this is why I was such a huge Michael Jordan fan, was, and I'll tell you, a story about him. In the third year of the Raptors, they dismantled their team. They went 16 and 66, and and Isaiah Thomas left, and Damon Stoudemire wanted to leave, and it was just such a gong show. They made a trade with Stoudemire. They sent him out, and they had to play the Bulls with only eight guys. And it was, you know, that was the Bulls at their peak, and they were going to get destroyed, and everybody knew it. And so Michael Jordan is coming out uh, for at the end of halftime. The Bulls are already up by like 25, and he had three points. And I covered basketball back then, and I'm sitting, my seat on the press row was right next to the Bulls bench. And I saw Phil Jackson go up to Jordan and say, you know, Michael, why don't you take the rest of the night off? Like, this game's over. And I'll never forget what Jordan said, because I, I was right there. I could hear it. He goes, you know what? I haven't given uh, these fans their show yet. So he comes out in the third quarter. He scores 19 points. They're spectacular. It's a blowout game. The place is going crazy because they want to see Michael Jordan. And he walks off the quarter at the end of the third quarter, and he smiles to Phil Jackson. He says, now you can take me out. I've given them something to be happy with. And that, for me, was what set him apart. Not only did he want to kill every opponent, but he realized that he was selling tickets, and he had to. And he he understood the importance of of delivering. And you know that's why when you look at McDavid, and I don't think he's like that kind of necessarily person, but it doesn't matter who you're playing against. If he puts on a show, everybody goes home happy. 
Well, they went home happy last night, even the uh, Leaf fans, and there were a lot of them that showed up in the building, Elliot. I mean, it was such a bizarre week. You know, we uh, we had John last Friday, and I was out in Montreal, and I, I got to tell you, the Oilers' performance on Friday uh, or on Saturday in, in the afternoon game against the Habs after the first three minutes of the game, for me, that's been the most disappointing loss of the year. Like, the Oilers were just... There was a team right for the pick and the light up, and they didn't do it. And they, no, they weren't very good. They were, they were awful. And, yeah. And, you know, the next day, Nilsson was bad. The building is, and I'm going to talk, hit on this later, that's a tough building for goalies, and especially for teams that don't practice in that building. It's an advantage to the Islanders. But they just, you know, missed opportunity on a national stage. But you know what? McDavid didn't miss on capitalizing on that second opportunity last night against Toronto. What's no, the, no, what's the buzz out east? Like, what's, what's the buzz out east? You know, uh, we're in Edmonton, and maybe myopic in our approach. But what are they talking about in Toronto today? About McDavid? Yes. I mean, I'm assuming. Well, I mean, he's he's a stud. Like, I mean, you know, we may be from Central Canada, but we're not the total idiots that you guys from Alberta think we are. Um, you know, uh, you know, we we recognize how good he is, and it, I, uh, to me, the interesting thing is going to be where the where the Calder vote ends up. And you know, for for me, it's an interesting one, Bob, because when I was um, when I a couple of years ago, when it was R and H and Landeskog, I voted for Landeskog, and I can't and believe reason, I have you on the show knowing that now. Oh, I, I got all the Twitter hate back then from the Oilers fans. I've just and and uh, so if you want to give it to me again, I've, I'm used to it. And the reason I voted for Landeskog was because they said that in the NHL, playing 82 games as a 19-year-old is a feat. And Landis Gog, I think he played 82, and if I remember correctly, McDavid played like 61 or 63. Yeah, Nugent played. Nugent Hawkins played 62. That right, Nugent Hawkins played, 50, played that much. 52 points in 62 games. Yep. Yeah, like he—he's great, and I'm a huge RNH fan. I'm, a, yeah, but I—I I think you should be—you should be not penalized because your point total is the same, but you should be credited as a teenager to play a full NHL season. It's a hard league, and that's why I voted for him. And now I'm looking at McDavid and where he's going to, and if he keeps at this pace, where he's going to end up. And I know I can already feel myself sort of reevaluating that thinking because you should, in my history, to be consistent, I should vote for somebody else. But you look at what he's doing and where he could end up. And I think you could make a real argument that he could still win Rookie of the Year. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating uh, personal debate for a lot of voters, including myself. Well, if he ends up with, say, 1.33 or 1.4 points per game and nobody else is above one, you're going to, it's going to be tough not to vote for him. It's going to be tough. And, and therein lies part of the difference. The year Nugent Hopkins had the 52 and 62, 23 were on special teams. The Oilers' power play that year finished third in the NHL. That was a huge part of it. There were some challenges, some stretches, five on five. He got off to such a great start in the first two months that year. The team was 9-4-3. and three. I understand why you chose Landis Cog. I do. I get that. But to me, this is, I mean, Nugent Hopkins wasn't averaging 1.3 points per game. It's a different argument if you've got a player. I mean, Elliot, it's a historic the way he's going right season. now, it's not out of the yeah. realm of possibility. He missed 37 games. It's not out of the possibility out of the, that he ends up finishing the year with more than 60 points. Like, how do yeah. you, how do you it, it, it is. It is a... 
it is like I, I think you have to be willing to make exceptions yeah. for exceptional situations, and this is shaping up to be one. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. Uh, Tell me this, you're one of those guys that works the trap lines and the information sources to find out what's shaking. A lot of people just assumed, well, it's going to be one of Jordan Everly or, uh, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins that goes if and when the time that Peter Shirelli has to, to, to make a play to improve the owner's defense, most likely an offseason deal. I think we'd agree on that. I don't necessarily, does this change things? The, the synchronicity that uh, Connor McDavid's having with Jordan Everly right now? I think it does. Um, and the reason is, is that, you know, coaches will tell you and executives will tell you when you have guys who can play well together, um, you don't want to break that up. And the only time, like, I remember talking to, uh, I think it was Burke and Nonis about it because they had Anson Carter in Vancouver when Anson Carter had a great year playing with the Sedins. And they said that they didn't want to break it up, but the contract that Carter got from Columbus, they just couldn't do it. But they said that if, you, if economics allow you to keep something together, you should do whatever you can to keep something together that works. And the thing about the Oilers is that you know what Eberle's economics are, and you know what, you know you don't have to, you probably have an idea of what McDavid's economics will be, but you don't have to worry about that for two more years. So you're sitting there and you're saying, we don't necessarily have a huge financial decision to make here, so we can keep this. And I know a lot of teams tell me that when you have something that works, unless there's a cap-related reason that you have to make a change, don't make the change. So I could see a situation where they look at this and say, this works, and we're not going to screw around with it. We're joined by Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you. You know, in a perfect world, the Oilers would, you know, they'd, they'd have McDavid, they'd have Dreisaitl, they'd have Nugent Hopkins, they'd have Hall and Everly. That's five forwards. And people say, well, you got to upgrade the D. Of course, they haven't played the last 26 games. Uh, you know, Oscar Clefbaum's not been available. For Edmonton's purposes... Oh, by the way, are we going to have the Clefbaum-McDavid no, no, debate no, no, again? No, 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 no. We're not. Okay, okay. No, but they've won nine games since uh, Clefbaum. <laughs> no, my point is, they miss him. I think you'd agree on that. He's a legit top four guy for the Oilers yeah. organization. So, too, is Sekera. Um, You know, Nurse isn't ready yet the question is can they get him up and going to the point that he is can they count on that for next year i don't know I, that's that's certainly a debate i think at the very least you're hoping he's going to make it very difficult right. to say no yeah and then and then but here we know they're going to need a right shot guy the wild card though has been brandon davidson he's playing like 24 25 minutes a game he'd be a very good third pairing defenseman for this team yep. pairing forward as well so maybe they don't have to get the two guys that everybody thinks maybe we're just looking at one defenseman getting brought in That's well it depends on who that like how many minutes that defenseman can eat right, right. Yep. like like i think that's what it comes down to now I I, I kind of look at it this way, and I'm and I'm sure that Peter Shirelli is 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 doing everything he can to find that guy. I had a really interesting conversation this week with with one general manager, Bob, who said to me, and he's got a first he's a, he's in a playoff team, and he will. And I asked him, what about your first rounder? And he said, I'm not doing it for a rental. 
Yep. And I and he said, uh, I said, okay, but you're kind of leaving like a hanging question here. And he goes, yes, I will do it for somebody with term. Yep. And I think there's a lot of GMs who look at this right now. Like, that's why, like, I, I don't think Jacob Trouba can end up at Edmonton for argument's sake. Right. But I could see teams going to Winnipeg and saying, okay, now that you've got Bufflin, if we wanted to take Trouba now, what's it going to take? And I could see things like that happening. Like, sometimes I think we get caught up in the rental deals. I think there's a chance we could see some more permanent deals because I think teams know if they want to get that extra first-rounder that it's much more likely it comes for a guy with term or, or as opposed to a guy who's done at the end of the year. So does uh, Truba also move up to the queue potentially for Hamannick? You know, here's my thing. Like, uh, the, the Truba Hamannick thing, you know, the, the New York Islanders aren't doing anything – that jeopardizes their chances to win this year. I think they're all in for this year. And, you know, they, they've talked about Truba for Hamannick. They've asked. When, when Winnipeg talked about Hamannick, you know, the first thing that the Jets did was they said, well, would you do it for Buffalo? And the Islanders said, no, um, we want somebody with term. And, and they asked for Truba. The, the Islanders did. And the Jets said no. And I don't know if it's one for one. Like, what if the Jets said, well, we think the Truba's worth more than Hamannick, so we want more. And the Islanders aren't going to do that necessarily in a year where they think they can win. Um, and the other thing, too, is the, the, I still wonder about the contract dynamics of this. Um, you know, Gar Snow plays real hardball with, uh, with his non-arbitration-eligible guys. Yeah. And I just wonder, are you creating a situation there that's going to cost you a lot of trouble? I'm not saying it won't happen, but I just don't know if I see it happening right now. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. What did you think of the Ryan Murray deal yesterday? I thought it was a fair contract. You know, um, I thought that Murray was smart to do a bridge deal. I thought Columbus was smart to do a bridge deal. You know, it's a real shame. I, I know you've seen Ryan Murray a lot. You know how talented he is. Yep. Um, and, unfortunately, he can't stay healthy. I mean, you're really hopeful about the kind of defensive pair that Ryan Murray and Seth Jones could be long-term. But I thought it was a fair contract for team and player. And if he stays healthy, I think we all know he's going to cash in. Which team that is in a playoff spot right now has the most desperate need to upgrade their team to go for it? I would say Nashville. Okay. I, I think they're looking at themselves. They're not scoring as much as they'd like. Their save percentage is among the worst, if not the worst, in the NHL. Um, I think they're looking at themselves like we shouldn't be like this, but we are. And I, I think the Predators, I think the, I would not, they've already made one big move. It wouldn't surprise me if they had another one left in them. Uh, animated debates on the competing network uh, between a couple guys that are really plugged in on Steven Stamkos. Yep. I think the Lightning are all in too, Elliot. I got to believe that they're, they're going to be, uh, you know, they don't have tremendous cap flexibility, but I, yep. I do envision them trying to upgrade a couple different spots. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I don't know. Like, Stamkos had some interesting comments yesterday. Um, 
I'm always wary about interpreting comments when I'm not there. Because yes. the Bufflin comments at the All-Star break I thought were really misinterpreted. Like when he said, I don't mind Winnipeg, and people freaked out. Like, what do you mean you don't mind Winnipeg? Can't you say better now? I mean, I was standing right there. He was just being understated like Dustin Bufflin is. Um, I, uh, so I'm, I'm wary, but... I just don't like the vibe I'm getting out of there. Um, you know, obviously nobody's talking. I don't know. I, I, I thought a month ago that maybe there was a deal to be made there. I'm not so sure anymore. Um, I don't know if he's getting traded at the deadline. I would suspect not, but I'm a lot less sure about that after reading Stamkos' quotes. It's just not... You know, it, it, you know, Bob. Like we've been around a long time. I don't like to guess because every right. every quote turns into a headline. <laughs> but it 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 doesn't look right. Yeah. It's just it's there's certain ways situations will go over time. This is not a good one. I agree, 100%. There's something that doesn't add up with what's going on in Tampa. Right. That's, you know what I mean? Like it just. Yes. Now, conversely, which team that's close to a playoff spot? Final question for Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Which team that's closest uh, to a playoff spot is seducing themselves into believing that they can actually compete and probably should be a seller instead of a buyer? Should be a seller instead of a buyer. A team that's in, relatively close to the mix but aren't really a good enough team to make it and should look at going the other way. Would you say Vancouver? Well, I think Vancouver, I think, would be the number one answer for a lot of people. But there's an ownership issue there, and that is they're not selling tickets, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of empty seats in that building. And I think Jim Benning's in a tough spot there, and I can, I can hear it whenever he does an interview. It's, he's saying, he, he looks like he's saying, I, w- I want to tear it down and start over, but he's got an owner saying he can't do that if we're close to the playoffs. But you know who I think is, is kind of like that, too, but there's no way they sell off is Minnesota. Like it's, I watched them and I don't know. I saw them at game 41. I think I have to double check this, but it's up there at game 41 this year, halfway through the season, Bob, I think they had the most points they've ever had at that point during a year. And they've gone totally, totally into the tank. And I, I look at them and I'm like, what is going on here? And I just wonder if the mix just isn't right. And I, you know, the one thing I, re- I respect about Chuck Fletcher is he's had a chance to make some deals, and he won't. And I think it's because teams are asking for guys like Charlie Coyle, and he doesn't want to do that. But I, I wonder if he's looking at his group and saying, "Boy, I, I thought this was going to be a group that could do it. Now I'm not so sure." Elliot, great stuff. We appreciate your time. My pleasure, Bob. Have a great weekend. See you at the late game tomorrow night. Uh, are you Are you uh, in? No, no, I'll be, I'll be in the studio. All right. But you it is our late game, Edmonton, Winnipeg. We'll have some fun with that one. It's always fun when the Jets come to town. Great stuff, Elliot. All right. Take care, Bob. Be well, bud. Yep. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, that is Elliot Freeman. Do you want to mention some guests and orders now? Receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. It is 1254 at Edmonton. Back with more orders now after this. Midwest farmers' daughters really make you feel alright, and the northern girls will.
great Valentine's gift. And let's face it, if you're, you know, one of those guys, one of those gals, you probably already invested a little bit in Valentine's gift. I know the Stauffer household, we always say February 15th is our Valentine's Day. You can join Oilers now on another great road trip to sunny California. Leave February 24th, the Oilers against the Anaheim Ducks and the LA Kings. The Oilers now package includes five-star hotel accommodation, great game tickets, got a private suite in LA. All your transportation will have a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests, plus parking at Edmonton Airport Value Park. Just a couple seats left for the Oilers Now California road trip. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Still to come on today's show, uh, we'll get some comments from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Rob Brown coming up for uh, Inside the Game Analyst on the Oilers Radio Network and the captain of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Brandon Baddock. Up next, the 630 Chad News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn.